0: Okay. Good morning. I um, really enjoyed being here uh, through the week of uh, this week, through all week. You have a beautiful weather. You had the snows and now there's no snow. So it changed so fast. Beautiful mountain. Uh, I really enjoyed that. And more than anything else, I just would like to thank Pastor Gene and the whole team, Brian, the rest for great, great hospitality and also good food. You have a good food here that enjoyed it. So this morning, um, first of all, uh, as Brian said to you, I'm a Palestinian Christian and Israeli citizen, sound contradiction, but that is a reality of my life that led me also to reconciliation. Uh, Palestinian Christianity traces back to the early church that were able to stay in the land. Uh, from mixed ethnic group, uh, we are good salad know, Arab, <laughs> Jewish, Greek, Egyptian. So when you do my, our DNA, really good, solid DNA. <laughs> but this morning, what I would like to do, I would like to talk about something very important that we uh, found, I found, in our ministry of reconciliation the foundation, the biblical foundation about it. So I would like to share with you uh, that passage. So we'll read together each one from Second Corinthians chapter 5, and we'll read from uh, verse 17 to chapter 6, verse 1. Uh, so if we can put that, I'll read it from uh, in front of me. Th- Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to Himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the justice of God, or the righteousness of God. As God's co-worker, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. If you look in, in, in this passage, there are kind of two things very clear. One, what God did for us in Christ. Then, what, who we are and what we are. One, that we have a ministry of reconciliation. We have a message. We're ambassadors. And also, he's appealing through us. And we are co worker with God. It's very important, and I will... From this passage, I'll emphasize today one concept, ambassadors. In the church, many times we talk about ambassadors. We talk about the quality of the ambassador, his lifestyle, his character. Also, we talk many times about his holiness life, purity of life. But I would like you to go back to the context of Paul. And to understand Paul, because Paul is really one of the most intriguing characters in this New Testament. So, Paul, as we know, he grew up in an Israelite family, belonged to the tribe of Benjamin, Pharisees of the Pharisees, but also he was a Roman citizen. We read it, but we really sometimes miss that when we are and Paul was ambassador he was ambassador also for a message and what the message that Paul has before he met Christ on the road to Damascus so if you lived at that time the israelite the jewish people of this time at that time time of Jesus were under the roman occupation why we are under Roman occupation because we are not faithful to God. We went to exile because we were not faithful. And Prophet Jeremiah talked a lot about that. But we are under occupation. The narrative is of Exodus that God would deliver us from occupation. But because we're not pure, let's be more religious. And religious at that time... It was more purity of food, purity of interaction with other people. And we developed this kind of things of us and them. We're the Jews and they're the Gentiles. Even so, in the Hebrew scripture, the Old Testament, the word Gentiles mean many things. It's become bipolar. And we're the good. We're God people. We are chosen. We need to keep the scripture. We need to be holy. And our expectation, if we become more religious, more ethnocentric, more nationalistic, and zealous for our place, for Jerusalem, for the temple, God will send his Messiah, and he will deliver us from this oppression and domination of the Roman Empire. That was what was expecting, Paul. But also Paul has his narrative, not only the book of Exodus, he has another narrative. It's the narrative of Hanukkah. You know, the celebration of night coming soon close to Christmas. What happened during the Maccabees, the Hashbonite? At that time, when Alexander, the Macedonian, came with a Greek culture in the Middle East. The people in the Middle East, the people of Israel, many of them wanted to become Hellenized. They wanted to become like the Greeks. They were not anymore keeping the Torah as they're supposed to. And the way the Hashmonites, the Maccabees dealt with it, hold the sword, revolt. And the first part of the Maccabees was a civil war. You, it's us and them, it's not only the Jews and the Gentile, the us and them inside of our community, who is faithful and who is not faithful in our community, and those that are not faithful in our community, we will teach them a lesson by the sword. And we had in the beginning civil war, then they were successful against the Greeks. So that narrative was in Paul's head. We need to deal with those people that are not faithful in our community. This is the reason he was going to Damascus to catch those Jews that believe in Jesus. They are disturbing. They are causing us damage. So he came with this mindset that that we oh we are first we waiting for God to come and send his messiah to purify the temple and break the yoke of the roman empire we need to purify our people so he will come and will do that by force and when the messiah will come to jerusalem all the gentiles will know that god of israel is the true god and they will come up to jerusalem quoting some of the verses from the psalm, they'll come up to Jerusalem to worship up and to worship the God of Israel. And in that mindset, narrative, they build more and more walls between them and others and also among themselves who is pure and holy and who is not pure and holy in our community. Sound familiar? It's also in our community. It's happening like now. We want to make sure for that, and and we build more walls and more us and them. We're the good. They're the bad. We are the Christians. They are not Christians. Their moral ethical life does not pre- does not represent God. So we will make sure in any ways that. All will be walking holy before God because God will bring judgment upon our nation. Did you hear that language? That language exists at that time too. But there was another narrative. Paul is from Tarsus. Today, Turkey-Syria border, that corner. He was a Roman citizen. There was another narrative. The narrative of the Roman Empire. Rome in its glory, Rome in its richness, Rome in its power, provided the world alternative narrative, how people should live together. Diversity of the Roman Empire was so big. The way we unite people through Caesar. Caesar became the son of God. And the way we unite the empire through the Roman culture, and law and order. Who breaks the Roman law, he will pay a high price. And who rebel against Caesar will experience the cross. The Roman Empire provided for people the ladder for social economic success. This is the land, the empire, where people can be free from slavery. This is a land that slaves can become emperor even. Sound language familiar? But the Roman Empire was built on 30% of the people slave. Slave were the energy at that time. And anyone can fall into slavery because of economic hardship. So we have here another narrative because what I'm trying to say that we can talk a lot about the ambassador, about his lifestyle, but also what is the message that we come as ambassador, what we are telling the people. Are we telling the people that the message of the Jewish people, Second Temple period, the zealots, the Pharisees, and the, and the Sadducees, that lead into submission and domination, or the message of the Roman Empire? Very, very interesting. If you, when you're, because you're come, we're coming toward Christmas time, Look on the words of Mary when the angel declared to her, gave her the message that she is going to bear the Christ, the child. The words that she used is the title of Caesar. This young lady was a political rebellious woman. She said, my son will have the title of Caesar. Same words in the Greek. But he will bring liberation. Caesar will bring domination and submission and slavery and hardship. In that context, the encounter that Paul has with Christ brought him to a new message. Something new. What are we bringing? And I would like to emphasize several things here. If you look in the text, Paul is saying... Now is all new, a new creation. In Christ. crucifixion, death, and resurrection, the language of Genesis is being revived again. God in Christ is doing a new things. That's really important. What have God have promised the fathers, the Israelites, and what the prophets have been talking for a long time, God in Christ is doing. Something new in the world. In creation. It's not only about us. It's about the whole cosmos. That God is doing in new things. This is very important. In this, uh, in this paragraph. New creation. And not only new creation. A new man. As male and female. Now in Christ. We are new creation. As individual. As people. New t- Type of creation, new type, uh, in a renewed relationship that should have been from the beginning if we didn't have to deal with sin. In Christ, there is no male and female. There is no Greek, Jew, barbarian, and Roman. Because the Roman also they had this dynamic us and them. We are the Greek, we are the Roman, we are the civilized, educated. And the barbarian, they are the They are the uncivilized people because they have not embraced our culture. The barbarian at that time are people that did not not embrace the Roman Empire culture and identity. So there have several things here that I would like to emphasize. And I think we need to think and contemplate on it several times. From now on, we're God. No, uh, sorry. Uh, therefore, if anyone in Christ, the new creation has come. Something new happened. Come creation. It's exciting. The old has gone, and the new is here. It is here. The new creation is here. What Paul mean when he talk about new creation, about the new things? He's talking about inauguration of the kingdom of God here and now but it's not yet in its fullness. And we need to join that. We are not doing reconciliation as a favor for God. We're not doing rec- calling people to re- for reconciliation so they will be saved and have a seat in heaven. We are not doing that as a, we are doing favor to God. We are doing that because we join what God is doing in history. And the privilege to be co-worker with God, the language is a co-worker with God, is a language that Adam and Eve had in the garden. That's not exciting. It's a different type of message. It's not a message that leads into submission and domination of others. It's not a message about how we keep our self, our identity, by separating ourselves from others, by thinking that ethnically, religiously, we are superior from them. Why not looking into our neighbors? How pure and clean they are. Here's a message. The message we're carrying here that God is working in history, God is changing the world. We don't see it, we don't feel it, but that is happening, and that is happened because Paul, that had at that time the Pharisee. Narrative suddenly he set with pagans that believe in Jesus and they eat together ham and cheese. <laughs> I don't know if that's happened, but probably. <laughs> he was mixing with women. He was not supposed to be with women. Matter of fact, women, they were the base of his ministry without women per skill and he couldn't do anything. They paid for his ministry. They helped him to support him. That was not in his worldview narrative before. In Roman Empire, slaves were nothing. And Paul defending the slaves. And and not only defending the slave, he's basically saying something to husband and wife before the wife is obligated to the husband. The slave is obligated to the master. In Christ, a new creation happened. They're obligated toward each other. So he said to the husband those obligations, but he said also to the wife. Before it wasn't. The master also obligated to the person in the reality of our life is a slave. It's a new relationship. It's change. It's not submission. It's not domination. It's liberation. It's a blessing. It's a freedom. That's what we bring to the world in Christ. This is a message in Christ. It's I am a winner, not because I conquer. I am a winner, I am free, because somebody freed me on the cross. And I want to tell you too, brothers and sisters, you are free. The same I am. Not because you won or I won. Not because my ethnicity or my culture or my empire is more stronger than your empire. More powerful than your empire. No, because we are all sinners. We were all living in submission and domination of others. But now we are free. Free to bless each other. And free to bless people that are not part of our ethnicity. Free to bless people, not to free gender, women and men and children as slaves. But more than anything else, to free our enemy. Because our enemy, enslaved Paul was in Corinth. Very mixed city ethnically. Corinth was Roman colony. And from Corinth Paul was looking into Rome. That's his target. Rome the capital of the empire that oppress my people, the capital of the empire that will destroy Jerusalem, the capital, the empire that caused so much pain to my people. I'm going them and telling them about the freedom of Jesus. That's the drastic message of Jesus on the cross. That's the message. It's the language. It's political language. It's military language. The message in the Roman Empire, Caesar made a decree and this decree needs to be told to the end of the earth. But this ambassador is not going to be like Pontius Pilate coming into Jerusalem with the ten legions, with the soldiers, with the army, sitting on a chariot and be people carrying. This ambassador is coming to serve, not to be served. And that's what the ambassador here Ambassadors of Jesus are coming to suffer. Ambassadors of Jesus are coming to be co worker with God. We're not doing... God is calling us. God is giving us the privilege to join him to change the world. To go out. Instead of coming... Uh, to the, to a one ethnic community and we want to keep ourselves holy and clean and pure. God said, go to the world and change the world. That's the message that we have. And to go to the people that cause the most damage to our people. Because if you don't go to them, you become enslaved in your hatred to them. They will determine your identity and not Christ will determine your identity. You become enslaved and dominated by hatred and bitterness and dehumanizing and demonizes in the process. You will destroy your humanity as built and created in God's image. And that's the calling for us today to be. So today, this morning, I asked the question, Who, which message as ambassador of Christ you're taking. I'm not asking if you have prayed this morning, if you have devotion this morning, uh, if you memorize verses from the Bible. That's not what I'm asking. I'm asking which message you're taking with you to the world, to your neighbors. Because it's very easy to become self-righteous. I pray, I give my ties to the church, I come every Sunday, I do all those things, and you become self-righteous. That was also the problem time of Paul. They become self-righteous, and they forgot to, be, become, to become light to the nation, to the people. In my context, the challenge for me, it's not easy, how I am as a Palestinian Christian, a source of blessing and liberation to my Jewish neighbors and to the Palestinian Muslim neighbors. We don't have good history. They have taken our land. They have killed our people. They have destroyed our churches. I have um, a Jewish neighbor uh, uh, in my apartment building. When he sees me, he said, Blessed be God that i born a Jew and not a Gentile. Look at me. He does it. And I have to bless him. (laughs) Because I don't want to get trapped up with his message. That there are some people better than other people. That I'm free in Christ. But he is also. He is. He has that potential. I don't want to be called by a Muslim uh, neighbor that I am infidel. No. I will not let them to control to determine, and to submit, to make us back to the old story. We have a new story to tell. Jesus coming is a new creation. There is new humanity. There is new people. And we need to move to the world and change the world, doing and joining what God is doing. And that is our calling today. So this morning, I asked Pastor Brian, do you want to come to Do you want to come?
1: Yeah. I'll do whatever you say.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Do you know who is the best um, exemplar ambassador? Anyone would like to guess? Brian. (laughs) He he has a way to go, he has a way to go. (laughs) Like me, he has a way to go. Who? Gene. Gene. Uh, He's getting old, he's getting better. But still, he has a way to go like me. Who is our best ambassador? Thank you. (laughs) Because he's been sent from the Father, all the way from the glory and honor, all the way down to become a slave. He is our example of ambassador. So, we'll do two things. One thing I would like to ask, if any one of you would like to stand, and we, Brian, and we'll pray for you that you will be renewed in your ambassador message, not about your holiness of life, about the message, which message we carry to our neighbors. Do you understand me? So, We start with that, Uh, brother, okay? So if any one of you uh, feel comfortable to stand up to renew your calling as ambassador for Jesus in our world, we'll pray for you.
1: You want me to pray for him? Yes, God. Salim asked me, do you think they'll stand up? I just want you to look around real quick. Like there's a lot of people that want a different way, right? But it's swimming upstream. It's different. And so we need God's spirit. So let's, uh, let's pray for that. Father, we thank you for this moment. We thank you that often it takes an unfamiliar voice that's a friend to remind us of the simple calling that you've given us that is it's not simple in a sense that it's not important but it's it's simple to understand you've changed the world jesus is the firstborn of the new creation and his spirit lives in us that we might live different and thank you for what salim shared with us that part of that difference is that we see ourselves and we see others and we even see our enemies in a different way And we see the pursuit and the priority of our life in a different way that we now live to serve you and to serve others. I love doing this. I love blessing our church. And so in Jesus' name, I pray power of the Holy Spirit to be upon all of you. That you might live more and more as an ambassador of Christ. That you might carry with you the message and the ministry of reconciliation that in the days that come when we are pulled into hatred and division and anger and just this thing of separating ourselves from other people, I pray, Father, that we would, through the voice of the Spirit, that we would see Jesus leading a different way and we would follow him. And so I bless my friends with that, that new perspective, that new creation. Father, thank you um, just for all that Salim shared. I'm just thinking what he shared. This is what you're doing in history. A lot of times we don't get to see it. A lot of times we don't get to see the good work that you're doing in us. But as Paul said in 1 Corinthians, it all matters. You use it all. So Father, call us into a higher level. May we hear your voice. May we make time to hear your voice away from here today. Make us ambassadors of your new creation, your new message. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Amen.